Hills location high in the Hollywood Hills. It's time once again for the long shot. Tonight, the Holy City Zoo, Future World, Todd Glass destroys a heckler, occupying Wall Street, and very special guest, Greg Barrett. And now, please welcome the host of the long shot, Sean Conroy. Thank you, thank you so much. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Welcome to The Long Shot. I am your host, Sean Conroy. With me today, as always, the crumpled Andrew Jackson in the pocket of the pants you haven't worn in a couple of months. Miss Amber Kenny is here. <laughs> Hello. The Psycho. king of the... <laughs> Hold on, can I just say that was brilliant? <laughs> I, I, I didn't know what you're going for, but it's like... I oh. thought it was going to be Jamie Five. That's what you were it's, setting it's up like, for. No, it's but like found, it's found 20, money, right? Oh. right? Like Correct. It's like such a joy to find a hundred. Not five. Why did you think uh, Andrew Jackson was a $5 bill? I think Sorry, oh, it's I'd... 20? Yeah. Who's on the hundred? Franklin, right? Benjamin. Benjamin, right? Never had one. Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> the... <laughs> The king of the zinger flingers, the human stamp collecting, Mr. Jamie Philately is here. Hmm. Whoa. That's a Googler. And of course, <laughs> the bitter Buddha, Mr. Eddie Pepitone. Hello, everybody. Let's get right to it. Eddie, you just got back from New York. Hey, baby, I occupied Wall Street. <laughs> I occupied Wall Street. Now, what does is, what is occupying consist of? It consists of going down there. Right. And just going, yeah, baby, we are gonna, whose street, our street. That was my favorite chant. Mm -hmm. Whose street, mm -hmm. our street. Were you on Wall Street when you were saying that? Uh, we, they, the cops, by the way, it was just a great thing, by the way. Is I, that a no, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> well, sounds like you're being evasive. No, off, I, off I'm going to tell you where, I'm going to tell you yeah. where I was. Um, the cops have limited the protesters to camping out in a place called, do you know it's called Zuccotto no, Park? It's right by where the Twin Towers went down. Mm -hmm. And so it's a little park there, and the demonstrators there. Now, they go on marches mm -hmm. every day. I did not go on a march, but I was down there, and um, I was just talking to different So activists. what would you do? You would take the subway down? Cause I drove down there. My documentary crew, not uh -huh. my documentary crew, the documentary oh, crew they came that has been following me. Yeah, that was a big deal, by wow. the way. That was a big deal. And let me check in with that, that um, I went and stayed with my dad the first two days because the doc crew is like, we need closure on this film. It has to, you know, we have to get your dad. So they took you to New York, basically. Yeah, basically, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I did, I did so much. I'm, so I'm this is the problem I have with reality TV is that they're basically writing the story at this point. They're like, Eddie, your life in L.A. is not satisfying enough. <laughs> we need to take you to New York and make something happen, right? Isn't that basically what happened? Um, well, in their opinion, the film needed me to be in my hometown uh, with my dad. My mom died, and as everybody knows, she died alone. Not anyway, everybody knows that. Oh, oh, okay. Well, she did die alone. Not everybody is present for your sound checks where you endlessly repeat <laughs> the fact that your mommy died alone. Well, she died alone in uh, Brooklyn. And uh, I don't know if everybody knows this story, but uh, I was going to, you know, she wouldn't have died alone. But I was watching the Giants, and they were driving, and it was the end of the fourth quarter, and I didn't have time to make it Okay, over get there. back to the <laughs> occupation of Wall Street. Oh, okay, you want to go back to that? Or the documentary crew. The documentary crew thought that I needed to go back 
to, you know, my hometown, being filmed in my hometown, and being with my dad. It so the needed so-called, it the needed so-called documentary crew mm. wrote a segment of the documentary where you went to New York. I don't understand your point. What is your criticism? <laughs> what is your criticism that they wanted me to be in my hometown? I'm I not think, sure what I the think, fuck that, why that's a critique. I think he's pointing out that you weren't organically going to New York. They sort of pulled strings to get you right. to go to New York. They pulled strings? Yeah. Well, I, I guess so. They're creating I, I don't a see story. that as very contrived, me being with my father and being in New York. But so that's what we did. And I went and I did a lot of stuff. I, I was part of this demonstration, Occupy Wall Street, which is growing, by the way. And I know you mock it. I know you How mock it. How do you know it. that? Well, I just know your attitude. But <laughs> I don't know if you've been following it. Probably not. Um, Why but, do you say that? Well, I, because I know you're. I've been you're, following it very closely, as a matter of fact. Do you know that... I've uh, seen all the police violence. <laughs> the police did pepper spray some people. Well, it's just funny that every time people are up in arms about police violence, it's one lunatic who did yeah, that. Yeah, you know? well, well, I don't know. But you know what's interesting is I talked to my cousin who's a New York cop, and he said he said the cops, are, the, cops the, the average cop, is in... Um, uh, <laughs> is sympathetic to yeah, the demonstrators. Those guys are in a union, it's and the, they're getting that's right. Yeah. And, and, the, and the demonstrators have been joined by the pilots' union, and now the transit workers' union. I heard the so pirates' we, union is coming. <laughs> in too. Well, the pirates don't have a union, and that's what well, pirate is. It's to a take total over control. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But anyway, my cousin, could, I had such a served if we all got together and demanded health care. <laughs> look how many of us have of us. look how many of us have peg legs. <laughs> and one eye. <laughs> I, 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 I. I think the planks the have it. I think the planks that we make people walk on are unsafe. <laughs> There's parrot shit everywhere. <laughs> But anyway, so unions have joined it. It's, it's really cool. And I talked to my cousin, who's a cop, uh-huh. and he says the average cop is in sympathy with the demonstrators. It's the brass. And when you're down there, you have cops in their regular blue, and then you have the cops, and you probably know, in white. Mm-hmm. The white-shirted guys, those are the guys who are telling the average cops, look, we got to fucking Because at that in. level, it's all it, about politics. At that level, it's all about politics. want to get ahead in the department, and they do that by serving... The people the politicians with money. who are all serving yeah, the Wall yeah. Street. So the criticism people. of the demonstration is that it isn't a folk like there isn't there's a no point folk. to it. Yeah. Well, there's a point to it, but there's not like an agenda. Know. There's yeah. no agenda. Yeah, but I was talking to this activist. So I was talking to this Israeli activist mm. who was very cool, <laughs> and he was like, "Look, man." He was like, "Oh, I can't do the Israeli accent," but he was like, "Look, man, look, it's all about." No, now I'm doing Jamaican. <laughs> I, I can't like do accents. A little bit hippie. Look, man, it, look, man, it's like it's like a cloud. You see whatever planting, you want to see. We're planting seeds. We're planting seeds. We're planting Native seeds. American. We have to be patient. We have to be patient. This is gonna grow, and it's a global movement. It's very global. soon. I'm gonna go back to Israel, <laughs> and I'm gonna start reaping what I sowed. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> You are not Israeli, are you, pal? Are you CIA? <laughs> so I did that. That was just a, that was a small part of it. I and my big deal was I did Gotham. I did Gotham Comedy Club. Uh, packed crowd. It was awesome. Oh, cool. My dad came to the show, and um, 
he hadn't seen me perform in about 10 years. Wow. And I told my dad, and this was really cool, and this will be in the documentary. I hope I'm not doing spoilers. But I told <laughs> If you're going to watch the documentary, <laughs> get a fast forward a couple minutes on the podcast and don't listen but to But I this told part. my dad, you should get up and heckle me at some point during the mm. show and say, you should have stayed in school, you bum. And he did. And they got that on tape. And uh, I thought did that the was hilarious. Get on board for it. Yeah, the audience was on board. Did and you... Pat Oswald uh, did a set, and Leo Allen. And it was a great show, and it was the highlight of my trip. And then I did four more shows the next two nights. You know, when you go to New York, you just so many it's great shows. Great town for shows. Oh my god, I did Whiplash, which Last is a night great. I performed out here in front of three people. <laughs> <laughs> two of them were comics. <laughs> In a, in a vegan coffee shop on Sunset Boulevard. <laughs> oh, that place. It ain't New York, baby. I did Whiplash. It's a uh, great show. That's my favorite show I've ever done. Yeah. It's such that's a great show. That's hard to fuck that show up. Oh, that's my God. Hard. It's if amazing. you're a comic and you fuck that show up. Yeah, I mean, I've fucked it up every time I've been there, but <laughs> it's a great show. It's just like 250 people packed into a right. basement at 11 o'clock on a right. Monday night. And then I did Seth Herzog's show called Sweet mm -hmm. at a place I called I like that Ella. show, too. So check this out. That's I'm a back weird little room. That yeah, Ella, yeah, I'm backstage, and uh, I'm meeting a couple of guys, and one guy goes, hey, I'm Sam. And I go, hey, hey, Sam. And then I look at him again. I go, uh, what's your last name? I felt like I knew him <laughs> from comedy. He goes, uh, Rockwell. Sam Rockwell. I'm like, I'm like, Sam Rockwell. I go, dude. And I'm a fan. I'm like, I'm literally, I'm not a fan of a lot of people. Like, there's a couple of comics I like, like Barrett. And this guy, this guy. No spoilers. You're giving away who's going to be I'm on the second half I'm not giving away anything. I said I'm a fan of Greg Barrett. How is that giving away you something? You looked directly at him when you said that. Now, now you gave it away. Wait, oh. Greg Barrett's here? So anyway, I, I really was stunned that I was backstage with Sam Rockwell. He's got a beard. And he had glasses on, so I didn't Maybe really... Maybe he's CIA. <laughs> I didn't Wasn't really... he in that movie where he was in the CIA? Probably. Sure he was. <laughs> yeah, Chuck, Chuck Barris. <laughs> I really dug the movie called Moon. Did you see Moon? He was... No. It was... They were colonizing was the moon. Oh. It was about the moon. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I was like... All of a sudden, I became fan guy. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, I really liked you in Moon. It's so funny because I wanted... I couldn't remember that he was in Iron Man. I couldn't remember his other movies. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, and, uh, and, uh, oh, what's the one? What's the... And I'm like, what's the one where you're doing... <laughs> That fucking crazy. No, I didn't do that, but I was like, oh, he's man. been in a million things. Like what? Yeah. Um, Matchstick Men, I believe. Yes. Lawn Nicholas Dog, Cage. somebody told me. The Search Lawn for One Eyed Jimmy. Lawn Dog. <laughs> huh? The Search for Is One Eyed Jimmy. Yeah. He's in The Sitter that's coming out. I said, you got anything coming out? I'm being such an asshole. Like, I'm trying to just be his buddy. I loved hey. you in, I loved you in, what, what's coming out that you're in? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, I, he's like, oh, Sitter's coming out. And me in my head, you know, I'm so critical of all the. Apatowian stuff. I'm like, really? This Apatowian? That's now a word? To me, it is. All right. Um, I'm like this. You know, and Jonah Hill. I, I mean, I feel like this kid got such an early, early break, but he was like, I was like, the sitter, was that good? I said, was that good? And he goes, <laughs> oh, yeah. He goes, Jonah Hill was great. And I go, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> and, in your head, and in your head, you're going, fuck Jonah Hill. He's getting right? good reviews for Moneyball. So anyway, yeah. the point is, is that I had Did a they get good stuff with you and your dad? They did. Did they get good stuff did with you, you and Sam stuff? Rockwell? Did you? Get <laughs> no, they were not there. They left me alone. The doc crew left me alone after uh, the big show. At did Gotham. you get intense with your father? It was pretty intense. Yeah, it was pretty. My dad is always intense. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, I think and you I, you go back and forth. 
<laughs> well, he pressed, you know, like all our parents, and I don't know if everybody else is like this, but I'm probably more heightened, but all our parents press our buttons. My parents and had so, buttons installed on me when <laughs> I was a little kid. So he was pressing my fucking buttons. Mm -hmm. But it's so funny when the doc crew was there, he was like, oh, I love my boy. Then they would leave and he'd be like, why did you leave the thing on the <laughs> table? <laughs> Why did you leave the thing on the table? <laughs> you need to do a hidden camera doc. <laughs> a hidden, now By that the way, would it's be... interesting to me that you've gone from calling them your documentary crew to your doc, to the doc crew. Like, it just got to be too much to say the whole word. Well, and it sounds like something else. Yeah. I'm exhausted. I got back from New York. All right, guys, get down to the doc. Got back from New York, had to drive to San Diego. Mm. Um, and do a show in the Gas Lamp District. And here I am feeling really good about my stand-up. I go to do the San Diego, the Gas Lamp District, mm -hmm. <laughs> and they weren't on board <laughs> as the people in New York with my shit. Somebody's actually heckling you going, you so should have stayed in school. <laughs> no, yeah, really. Ah, You're not my dad? dad? <laughs> Only my father could say that, sir. <laughs> But anyway, that was that was kind of a humbling experience. That's the, that's the nature of stand up. No, right? that was a humbling experience. Like, uh, you know, having a show after killing in New York, and and just like it was like I had him, I I lost him, I had him, I lost him, mm -hmm. and I was almost mad at him. Like, don't you know that I just killed in <laughs> New York? What, I'll show what? you my doc. I'll show you that this. Yeah. I have a doc crew, folks. <laughs> They're not here, but. Stand-up is such a zen thing. All you have is the present moment. Yeah, well, I was tired. It doesn't matter what you did before. And it doesn't tired. matter what you'll do in the future. What matters is right now, your connection <sighs> with life, the audience. That's life, bro. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, mm -hmm. stand-up. You know maybe. what I did? You know what I, you know what I did? I think I did wrong is that I was tired, and I didn't like just talk to them to start the show. I've been starting my shows bringing up a shitload of papers going, these are my tweets. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, you talked about that. And, and that's been going really well, but I forgot them, and so I just brought up a couple of papers. <laughs> and I was like, these are my Which doesn't have the same visual it impact. It doesn't have the same no. visual impact, and I was that blaming a, that's, them. That, that's a, real, a joke that relies <laughs> well, and then on it, a visual gag. And then it just seems sort of believable. Yeah, like, yeah. oh, those yeah. are probably Yeah, and I didn't that realize three that. Pages of tweets. I didn't realize well, that. How could you realize that? It's only logic. <laughs> <laughs> but what happens to me when they're not on board right away? I you get panic. angry. Turn on. Well, them. I get angry. I panic. I panicked a little, and instead of just fucking relaxing and talking to them and being in in the moment with them, which would have brought them to me, you actually I went more right disconnected. I went right to the next bit, yeah, yeah. and I was like a little uptight, and then. And then I was doing bits that usually kill, and it was getting little, mm -hmm. and I was in my head going, red rum, red rum. Mm -hmm. <laughs> which but is I backwards eventually... for murder. Yes. Which means killing, so it's ironic that you would do that when you weren't doing well. <laughs> but um, it was, it was a tough little, mm -hmm. it was a tough 35 minutes. Wow, 35 <laughs> is tough when it's tough. Yeah, tough 35. Uh, well, that sounds like an exciting trip. And it was a you great got to trip. go to Wall Street. You got to go. I occupied occupy. Wall Street. I mean, I, occupy is such a. I don't. It is being occupied because these people are are, are camped out and it's in there. Right. That's what I mean. Like that yeah. to me is occupying. Going down and. I didn't occupy yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You just hung out. Hanging out on Wall Street. Do you see a statue of Liberty? Being part of the demonstration. <laughs> yeah. A couple of comics were down there. It was really. Cool. Do you know what uh, yeah. Ted Alexander? Yeah, yeah, I saw Ted. Yeah. Ted is a great guy. He, I saw him every day. In the Empire pictures in the Times. <laughs> Ted is down there every day. Uh, Ted got his picture in. Uh, see, in I am time. following the yes, story. Yes, yes, yes. So you know. um, these guys are having a whole other conversation right now. I know Who knows I what they're talking about. Uh, Amber, what's going on with you? A lot. Um, last well, time we were here, I was talking as. about. Uh, 
auditioning for that sketch team. Yes. And I found out. What does that have to do with the occupation going on around the, around the globe? <laughs> a lot. You always focus on just one thing, and people get tired of that. Oh, and right. also, Spoonful of Sugar. I could write sketches about the economy and change people's minds. It's, it's true. Man. No, that's, that's what you can do as a comic is kind of raise awareness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure um, your sketch group is doing that. What's the name of the sketch group? I don't know. Bonker I haven't Patrol. gotten that far yet. What? I- Bonker <laughs> Patrol? <laughs> Sorry. Bonker <laughs> Patrol. So you got into a sketch group. I auditioned last time I talked to you. I actually ran to the callback immediately after uh-huh. the last recording. And I just found out two days ago, I was cast as a writer-performer. Oh, I, great. I haven't met anyone on my team or anything. I just got Do you know the, their know, names? Mm-mm-mm. No. <laughs> Watch out. It's not like a hit like that happened to Pesci and Goodfellas. Like right. They're going to say, Amber, meet us here. In and a garage. We go in, in a garage. garage. Oh, because they know I'm going to write about the economy? Yeah. Whatever it is. I don't know. <laughs> right. And then, you know, cut to uh, Hoddle Ditter in a phone booth. <laughs> he gets the news that Amber's been whacked. And he's uh-huh. just like, no, no. <laughs> so sad. Takes out his black book, shrugs his shoulders. <laughs> Next. Next. <laughs> Next. It was just our one-year anniversary. That was the other thing I was going to talk right. about. It was just our one-year anniversary on Thursday, so we went to Disneyland. You to and Larry? Celebrate. Me and Jeff Wattenhofer. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. it was lovely. Um, Disneyland is lovely, is it? It yeah. is. Well, Disneyland is in California or Florida? Anaheim. <laughs> Anaheim. California. Okay. I used to work there. I worked there for like two and a half years. Oh, that's right. You worked at the I Future was... World or whatever, right? <laughs> yes. yeah. So I had to go there to visit old friends and uh, people are still there. Yeah. Oh. oh yeah. For how long now? Well, that was the the one of two the years? funniest moments of the um, oh, day is I was talking to a few <laughs> of them and they're like, "How long has it been?" And I was like, "Well, I left like seven years ago," and all of their faces just dropped. <laughs> <Did> they? <laughs> Well, when you're living in future world, you're always in the future. So time goes by right. differently from the way it would if you were living day to day. Right. You know, It's like you can always go back to today because I, you're always in tomorrow. A lot of the people in future world listen to Eckhart's Toll <laughs> Be Here Now. Or people like... What's well, it called? To- Tomorrowland? Tomorrowland. Yeah, yeah. You got to see Johnny Depp and... Pirates. The Tomorrowland. Pirates of the Caribbean was closed. Oh. I was sad about that. But so, what rides did you go on? Well, I got to see Captain EO. They brought it back. Took the Michael Jackson thing. Right. It does God, not I hate hold Disneyland. Up. Can I just <laughs> say? Can, can I say how much I hate Disneyland? <laughs> yes, you can. Are they connected in any way to the occupation of Wall Street? <laughs> I just, I just, you know, huge there's long fucking lines, right? That's true. And fuck that. Well, you pay we extra to skip those lines. Yeah, how much do they get you to come in? Yeah. I got him for free. But how much do they get the average <laughs> asshole? <laughs> how much bucks? does the average asshole pay to get into that yeah. horrific? By the way, it's almost a hundred dollars. Point out to me. Point bucks. out to me the next time you see an average asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, Who I, the fuck are you? I don't know. I don't know if I'll get credit uh, from you. Bucks. I don't know if I'll get credit from you, Eddie, for this. Mm. But I spent the entire day at Disneyland. The two of us, forty dollars is all they got from us. 40 the whole day that includes parking i don't know what credit you would expect to get from (laughs) well the fact that we're not well you got in free we're not paying the corporate monsters no i'm just saying that besides that it's like uh, the rides and stuff i don't know the lines are too long right yeah too uh, fucking long it was fun to go on all the stuff that's like kind of outdated like the abraham lincoln they still have that yeah 
I it's awesome. It What's the Abraham, Abraham Lincoln? Is ride? that where you you, you get assassinated? <laughs> <laughs> Kinda. Um, like you just have you just go to a place and you pace back and forth about the north and south. Like oh my god, the Union. Well, the, it'll never get tonight. <laughs> <laughs> when you first walk in, it's like the first <laughs> yes, theater you hit, but everyone just passes it mm-hmm. to go to more exciting things. But is and it an animatronic thing? Yeah, and it, yeah. It's, oh. it's the original um, Abraham Lincoln exhibit that. Walt Disney created in 1964. Ooh, that's pretty that would cool. be pretty amazing to yeah. see. You know what? I probably would like Disneyland. Yeah. Like, I haven't been there. I should go. Yeah. yeah I'm not going to pay 100 bucks. Having, from the outside, you hate it. Well, I hate the idea of it, yeah. You should and get your documentary crew to take you there. <laughs> <laughs> no, it has to be organic. It's oh. better than being at work. I will say that. It is better than being <laughs> That's a great slogan for <laughs> Disney World. It's better than being at work. I can promise you that. <laughs> Unless you work in Futureville. <laughs> then it is being at Berg. work. <laughs> Futureberg. Futureberg. Uh, well, Jamie. Yep. 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 Um, <laughs> first and foremost, very quickly, I want to um, take a quick moment. Our first show of the season, um, I, I opened with a checking in about a woman and her poor child that she lost. And I feel terrible about it. I spent the last two weeks living regretfully. <laughs> it was... Uh, it was amazing. <laughs> and so I just wanted to... You spent to s- the last two weeks living regretfully about that? Oh, whenever it popped into my head, yes. So anyway, just to... Uh, I like the phrase So you, you realized after you told that story about a woman with a dead child that that was a bad choice of story. Yes. Well, I think probably... Well, I would say in a comedy podcast, that isn't the way to go, but you, it organically happened, and so be it. It just you know? happened. There wasn't now you're really obsessed a with things it. that organically <laughs> happen. <laughs> Um, so now that's out of the way. <laughs> I wouldn't beat myself up because, you know, the nature of this podcast, and for me, the key to it is whatever's in your head, just let it come out. And I and know... And it's very ephemeral. It's gone. It's What's very you? ephemeral, you except have to stay it's in the captured moment. forever. It's kind of like stand-up. You're right. It's so very let's ephemeral, see. but it's captured forever. <laughs> 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 All right. So, folks, if you want to stop... If you want to stop the podcast now and go back to the previous episode <laughs> and listen again to Jamie's story. No, it is a, it is a juxtaposition no. because I think the key to doing this kind of thing well is just to fucking let it fly. However, some stuff may come out that's not too cool. And we don't really <laughs> edit that shit out. No. We're not one of these people who edit it out. Unless the guest says, can you please edit? Which has never happened. Except, never for, the, except for the time. Okay. Uh, anyway, very Ow. good. Ow! Very good. <laughs> Can't believe you said uh, so that. So, Jamie, tell us what's going on with you besides that. Um, besides regret, regret, regret. Besides regret, living um, regretfully. Um, the last thirty, I wasn't going to talk about this, but just finishing Immaculata <laughs> was great. <laughs> Feel great. It was good. I'm, I'm going to leave that on the table. Um, been working a lot at the lab. A lot's been going on at the lab. Um, and here's a quick, quick little story for you. We'll see. Um, I was uh, clearing out the room between the 8 and 10.30 shows, and um, a man and a girl approached me. They want to tr- get into the next show. And I'm like, hey, sir, um, the next show doesn't start until 10.30. You have 45 minutes if you want to get a drink at the bar. You also want to get your ticket at the box office. Um, so go handle that. And he's like, ah, well, I just want to make sure I get a seat in the front row. And I was like, um, well, yeah, I mean, I'll make sure you get a seat in the front row, but you got to get a ticket. You got a ticket, right? He's like, well, I don't have a ticket. Basically, he was trying to get into the show for free. And I was like, it's a $5 seat. You know, you need to get a ticket at the box office. So um, he keeps, he's very adamant about it. <laughs> and um, finally, he's like, stay on target. Stay on target. We're doing well. We're doing well. Okay. 
Um, but he's like getting really flustered with me because he wants a free seat. I think he wants a free seat out of the blue. Yeah, out of the blue. I don't know and who also, he is. Who Why wants would he? Did he say I want a free minutes? seat? He just was giving me that look and like, I how do I get in for free? How are you gonna hook me up, bro? <laughs> and it's a five dollar show, yeah. which you know, really you can't afford the five dollars. Exactly. And, it's, and but then, he never actually came out and said I want a free seat. No. Okay. But it, it was definitely implied. Like, come on, bro, hook it up. And uh, you, as a manager, can read these people now. I, I, I'm very good at it. Um, so he says, "I'm a songwriter." I'm like, "That's great, man." And <laughs> You're a songwriter. Well, write this way, sir. <laughs> write oh. this way. Do you write about rain, love? What, what is it? Why didn't you say so? <laughs> Why didn't you say so? I didn't exactly. know you're a songwriter. How about you write a little ditty about getting the fuck <laughs> out of here and coming back in 45 minutes, pal? I, you just took me back. I just flashed to old Chicago. Like, I just saw a guy in a really... Whoa. I just see Jamie as, like, De Niro in Casino. You know, Casino, he's managing the whole floor. He's just like, yeah. all right, we got to take care of this. Yeah, we got to take care of this. Um, so, and then he says, I wrote a song. I think it was, he said it was called Satellite or Orbit. Sounds good. Or something. I was like, that's awesome. Um, but you still need to just get a ticket. I promise I'll reserve a seat for you in the front row. Just come back in 45 minutes. Um, 45 minutes pass. Um, the show starts, and I noticed that he's sitting in the front row. I definitely didn't check him in. All I, of his wishes have come true. Yeah, he got in. I think he snuck in through the side. <laughs> like, sounds <laughs> oh like God. Disneyland. All his wishes came true. And he couldn't have been more of a douchebag. I, I gotta really say that. Fuck this guy. <laughs> um, so he's sitting in the front row. I'm like, fuck you. you. You snuck into the show, and you got your seat. <clears throat> First comic up is Todd Glass. Love him. Great man. <laughs> <laughs> and this asshole... Starts to heckle him. Oh, my God. Bad move. Which is a bad move. So Todd Glass is like, first he wants to kind of give him, um, he's like, I'm just going to pretend you didn't say that. You clearly have never been to a comedy show before. That's not how it Strike works. One, just show up. Just shut up. Um, he keeps going on. The guy starts talking up again. He's like, I'm, I, I, I what wanna, was he saying? Just like, uh, great. Suck a dick. Suck a dick. <laughs> suck a dick. <laughs> he said, Great. I just like over clapping, like okay. he was being a sarcastic asshole. Yeah, yeah. I so like what to happened? say, I like to say, not a fan of your material or your delivery, sir. <laughs> what if he really just was enjoying it, and he sounds sarcastic when he's enjoying something? No, not this. <laughs> so go face. ahead, go ahead. So let's get to the. So Todd Glass is just trying to like, sir, I'm gonna give you one more chance. Like you clearly just you need to shut up. I'm gonna be cool with you. All right. Third time, Todd gets angry. Um, the guy's like, oh. Big man with his microphone, and Todd <laughs> drops the microphone to the ground and spends the next eight minutes destroying this guy. I wish I could have been there. I wish I could have been there. Like, you know, the hair just stood up on the back of my neck. I don't know if anybody can see hair. that. That's not hair. That's a, that's a scab. That it's tinea. It's tinea. <laughs> that's a bruise. That I don't know what that is either. <laughs> <laughs> no, but anyway, I wish I could could have been there, you know, because Todd is Todd just, you know, a seasoned comic. You don't do that to a fucking you only get away with that somebody doesn't know what they're doing. So so he destroyed the guy? Just destroyed the guy and just to see the look in his eye and see his soul just being exploded. And for me just standing back there it was like this nice validation, like, fuck you, instant karma. <laughs> so that felt good. Um Oh, and then so Todd, as he's railing on this guy, it mm -hmm. comes out. He's like, I just want to let this audience know, half an hour, this same guy that's heckling me was trying to get into the main room at the improv, and 
um, they wouldn't let him in because he didn't have a ticket. <laughs> and idiot. so I was asked him what the problem was. He said he just wanted to check out the show. So I led him and his girlfriend into the main room, sat them down, told them they didn't have to have the two-drink minimum. So this asshole, just 30 minutes earlier, had a, a <laughs> lovely interaction with Todd. So he was happy to get them inside. And then he still heckles him. Oh, and then, of course, man. as soon as their, their friend did their set, the guy that they came to see, they go in the back and they start talking loudly. Ugh. Did you speak to them at that point? I did. I was like, you need to leave or shut up. Just say leave. I wouldn't even give the option. I'm getting better at it. <laughs> I'm still like... Do you have a taser? Does the Improv Lab <laughs> give you a taser? I, I mean, didn't. here's the thing about this whole mm -hmm. kit and caboodle is I feel like that's really Todd's story of destroying somebody on stage. Like, the part of it about you that was interesting to me is where you're arguing with the guy. I want to see that scene where you're saying, sir, you need to go outside, and he's going, bro, come on, hook it up. And I didn't really get a full picture of what was happening there, you know? Yeah. I think you just nailed it. But I mean... Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I, I can act I it out like, um, um, bro... You can make this happen, right, for me, oh, man? Oh, let's let's start this again, right. ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Flom Theater. Wait, are you playing both parts? I'm gonna play both parts. Welcome to Flom Theater. We're brought to you by Monsanto. Monsanto, Monsanto. <laughs> making genetically altered food for the last five years, and nobody knows about it. Go ahead. And we have a long slogan. <laughs> and we're not good at hiding. Flom Theater. <laughs> Go. Hey, bro. Um, what, what's up with the next show? Um, we're actually, we have 45 minutes um, until next show. Why, you should get your ticket and um, go to the bar, have a drink, and then just come back here in 45 minutes. But what if I, I want to sit in the front row? I was like, I'll make sure that happens. Just, you have a ticket, right? Uh, well, I'm kind of a songwriter. <laughs> um, that's great. That, you still need to, to get a me, ticket. is just like that line that seems to come out of the blue. That's like, the, that's the does God he go Mike? into like a shop like Target and go, "Sir, that's 119 for the iPad." Uh, excuse I'm kind me. of a songwriter. <laughs> You're in LA. Did he say kind of? I wrote a song about worse. a satellite, so I'd rather not pay for the iPod. Do you guys know a song called Satellite or Orbit? Yes, way? every song is Satellite <laughs> Orbit. I'm in orbit. It's a satellite. He wrote songs for Bill Nye the Science Guy. Uh, all right. Well, it seems like this is a good place to take a break. <laughs> so we will take a break right now. We will be back in just a moment with a very special guest. Very excited. Hello, I am Patton Oswalt. You are listening to the Long Shot Podcast. Enjoy. We are back. You are listening to the Long Shot. Hopefully you knew that already. With us today, a very special guest. You can hear him on his own podcast, Walking the Room, which can be found at walkingtheroom.com. Mr. Greg Barrett is here. Greg, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I, it's, it's always good when you reset a podcast as though they were just flipping around. It's like 10 seconds after they, you said, we'll take a break now. Right, yeah, 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 right. And they're like, how much Jimmy Pardo can I listen to? What else is on flip? <laughs> oh, I love the long shot. I didn't realize they were on at the same time. <laughs> no offense to Pardo. Yeah, I don't understand how podcasts work. That's why I do that all the time. I still don't either. I know we're in a new time, though. 
Yes, we are in. We are. We are. We a are new two. night and a new time. Yeah, we're in a new time. <laughs> this is our new. This is your new time. It's good. This is good for you. You guys are right up against. We have the, a good Zoe, lead in. Yeah, you're up against Zoe Chanel's podcast. So you'll do all right. <laughs> she's adorable, but she's got it. They've got to start writing scripts. She's, a, she's adorkable. adorkable. Oh my god, unbelievable. She's adorkable. Yeah, she's it. gorgeous, but yeah. she she's kind of a dork, and that's the catch. Yeah. Well, you yeah, know, yeah, half yeah. of all yeah. marriages end in Zoe Deschanel. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's kind of a fact. <laughs> um, all right. Well, speaking of adorkable, we wanted to talk today about people's first times doing stand up, and I think obviously you have to be kind of a dork to do stand up, right? For the most part, a dork to do stand up. Yeah, there I has to be something so. a little off about you. Yeah, or fucked yeah, up. Definitely. Yeah. Well, Greg, do you remember the first it's, time you did stand up? Um, or like what brought I, yeah, you? Yeah, into yeah, yeah, no, it? totally, totally. Um, I, for me, it was a fallback because nothing else was working, mm-hmm. and uh, Interesting. I'm not a terrific actor. And uh, uh, the band I was in was was not good. And uh, <laughs> what kind of band was it? And I was in an improv group. Um, uh, a band with, acting in improv. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I was, ju- I, I just had so all you're just of this stuff. All, the all these things were like on simmer. Yeah. At best, and then uh, and I was in an improv. Gr- I, ju- I just joined an improv group uh, in, uh, in in San Francisco called Crash and Burn, uh, and it was just that classic. Like not an optimistic like, group. No, no, no. <laughs> we I'm are not- Crash and Burn, and everybody was like, "Oh, indeed you are." No, indeed you are. Good. When your name, but like when your name becomes a fact, like it's, yeah. it wasn't even ironic. It was like, "Hey, let's have a suggestion." You know, like bad accents and and lots of wigs. And uh, it was just bad. Really? It was bad. Yeah, Sounds yeah, yeah. familiar, is right. Yeah, but it was like it was like a remedial. Like when I think about it now, and bless its heart. But you know, improv is. You know, like when you go to UCB and you see these guys, it just blows your it blows your mind. They're it's good. It's unbelievable how when good it is. When it's good, it's good. Right, but well, UCB days, like, made like, it good. Like like, like UCB. Saying, but back in nineteen in yeah. nineteen eighty nine, when you said to somebody, "Let's go see improv," that's like saying, "Do you guys? Where's some good mime? Like where could we go?" <laughs> Is anyone doing trapeze tonight? I'd like to see that. Like, it's Moomin Shants was on Broadway at that time. If you really wanted to see some good mime, Moomin Shants. Yeah, but they called themselves Moomin Shants. Like that, they didn't want to tell you what it was. They had to call it something exotic because if they told you what they were doing, you, you would have said no. Right? Yeah. Like if we said we were doing science, something like that's weird. So anyway, I was in this group, and Margaret Cho joined uh, the group like a week after I did, and then she said you should try stand up. So I didn't. I hadn't planned on doing it till like a week wow. before I did it. Wow. Um, Margaret Cho was an influence on you. Yeah, she because well, she had been doing it, and I mm-hmm. liked her, and she was super sweet. And she's I don't know, you know, if you spend any time with her, she's incredibly enthusiastic about you. Like if you, <laughs> she really is. Like, she's, she's a really a, nice person. She's a big fan of people. Yeah, and she's really supportive, and so she's like, yeah. you should do stand up. You'd be great at it. So I went to uh, the Holy All City American Zoo. Girl. All, yes, from All American Girl. From, yeah. If you guys are wondering who Margaret Cho is and you don't have a reference point, she's from 13, seri- uh, 13 episodes and out, All American Girl. <laughs> 13 episodes and out? And out. That was, was that it. the 13 thing she did out. that one-woman like show? Years ago, right? Yeah. Was that that one-woman show she talked about? Uh, no, that was, no, that was her that. series. That was oh, her. Okay. Then she talked about it afterwards. Then she had a career po- She had a career post her show mourning the loss of her show. That's right, yeah. And how and how she got screwed over again yes. on the TV show. Yes. yes. Um, uh, yeah, so I gave it a shot, and I uh, I was 35th on a on a 35 out of 40 people. So this right. is 89 people. Everyone on an open mic, up. Holy City Zoo. Holy City Zoo in San Francisco. I've heard a lot about the Holy City Zoo. Yeah, I believe uh, Karen Anderson, who's a comic, was the host. Kevin Kataoka was there. Uh, Jeremy Kevin. Kramer. Krasnick, Jeremy Kramer. Krasnick. Yeah, all these folks were there, and I went up 35th, and I had three minutes. I and I I I, I, I remember I was like making it up. Like I just made it up, and I did like. It, well, you had improv experience. Yes, yes, <laughs> but I can't remember. I just shouted something. My first, I, I, uh, I, uh, and I did three minutes out of the five, and I got laughs because the guy that went up before me panicked. 
He went up to the lady and gentleman. His name was just Mel. He was just going to go with just the one. <laughs> so he goes up and he stands there and I'm sitting there watching him and he's just staring and his eyes well up and he just, he starts to move his shoulders and then he just bolts. And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm golden wow. now. Like so that he was, was kind of like a mime. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. So you rode the wave of that. Well, then everyone, <laughs> it was so uncomfortable that like anything that anybody else was going to yeah, do next. And of course the host was just like, yeah. all right, well, see you, Mel. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Greg Barrett, and then I went up and I shouted about something and I wore short pants and I was loud and then I got done after I got a huge laugh. By the and way, I quit. now I would make fun of like I would be like, Wow, that guy Mel was great, wasn't he? But you didn't do that at all, I right? I think I might have said something oh, you like did. that. Okay. I might have said, How about a ham for Mel? Short <laughs> short but sweet, maybe, or something. I'm sure I had something sassy. But he he made it so that like no matter what I did, I was fine. And then I got a solid laugh and I was smart enough to go, done. Three minutes and out. Like, I had two more minutes left. Three three minutes, barely any time. But I was just, like, done. And I got off. And I was like... And then afterwards, oh, I was great. like, well, this is what I do. <laughs> this yes. is what I do. Until the yes. next week when I went up somewhere else and bombed. And then it went that way. You know, then good, bad, good, bad, good, bad for 25 <laughs> years. <laughs> that is an amazing thing, though, about, about stand-up. We were talking about that. How you can have a bad show out of the blue and just feel like, what the fuck am I doing? It you really just it resets it. you. It really it, it recalibrates you. you. It's good and bad. It's good in that it, it's it's bad in that obviously you suddenly go, I'm useless. I'm a useless. Like yes. It's, like like we were yes. talking about this before the break. If I go to UCB and I don't do well, I really want to quit all of it because I figure, well, these guys are the future, and I'm not connecting with them. You know. Yeah. Um. And so that'll screw me up. But at the same time, then I go home and go, well, think about what I did. Just really think about your set. Like, what really were yeah. you doing? What was the attitude? Did you come in? With an attitude about them, yeah. did you? Um, yeah. Did you? Were you trying to? Were you trying to hip it up? Were you? You know what I mean? Maybe you were just talking about shit they didn't care about. Maybe you just you know what I mean? Like didn't so prepare enough. But those failures are the things that make you too get quiet. Really get, get better, you know, good, didn't right? talk Bad at all. Posture. Not enough mime. Vomited yeah, not enough on mime. stage. <laughs> I shouldn't have been bleeding. Too yeah. many props. Blood always <laughs> throws an audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wigs. I should have done the fifth song. Why was I, I crying the, the whole song. time? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Leprosy should have showed up. Yeah, <laughs> do you do that after every set or only after the shitty ones? Like after analyze it and say this usually is just why. the shitty ones. Yeah, yeah. Me too. The good ones, shitty I pretty ones. much go. Oh my god, I'm a genius. I'm great. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable how yes. good I am. It's amazing. Yes. It's like I can talk. It's like I'm the voice of my generation. I mean, it's when I so do my shitting true. in the pants bit, people just get it. They get yeah. it. And they understand. And I'm talking. I'm not even just. I'm talking about your soul. You're just a channel. I'm the king. <laughs> I mean, it's funny because it's weird too because now it's so. Um, I hate to use the word ghettoized, but it's like there are there are different yeah. there are different comedy areas to perform in. You know what I mean? I prefer, like you said to me, do you like to 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 do sets? And I'm like, I don't I don't love doing them in town I, because I I can do an hour now, so I like to do an hour. I like going to a club and doing a nice long set. I like because they get a chance to know me. I, nothing, there's nothing at stake in the first five minutes. There's just getting up there and setting the pace and knowing I have something to end with and I know what my middle is going to be and then I'm going to switch stuff around and I like it. That's the experience mm -hmm. and I don't think mm -hmm. you can get that in five minutes and I've never been able to really do it in a short set. I've never been able to do it. When I, right. I, my, I my first, I was invited to Montreal and I went up there to, and I did the alternative room and it was a five minute set and I bombed hardcore. Re, my first trip to Montreal bombed just awful and I went home and wrote a one man show because I'm like, I can't do it in five. I'm never going to be able to explain to people who I am. They're not going to get who I am. I don't know how to... There's a difference between joke writers and storytellers. Joke writers are the guys that are sitting down with a pad before their set. 
storytellers are pacing and walking back and forth and thinking, oh, God, I hope this goes well because it's a story and I got to tell all of it and I hope I remember all the parts, you know? And there's a real science and a real, like, people that write jokes are, I blow my mind. I don't know how you do it. I I really don't. That's why I watch those roasts as much as, sometimes I don't like them because they're too nasty, (laughs) but I'm like, the joke craftsmanship in some Mm. of those things are just phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, some of the jokes, even when they're really horribly mean, are like, my favorite, one of my favorite jokes ever was uh, um, the, uh, Greg Giraldo said about Gilbert Gottfried, he is as sexy as a, a fire on a school bus. <laughs> oh. And I was like, that is, that's craftsmanship. Giraldo was the best at that, though. Yeah. Craftsmanship. But that's like, yeah. yeah. Like, you look at that, you know, that is, that, like, if you were in a story, you go, that's a nice joke. Mm-hmm. That is a nice joke. And you're a storyteller. And just to tell right? stories, yeah. Now, when you hear a joke like that, are you like me? Like, you're like, oh, fuck, I got to do more of that. And I immediately am like... Whenever I tell jokes, my face goes, you're telling a joke, and the crowd goes, well, that was a joke. Like, they don't buy it. They don't buy it. I can't... I realize at this point, I just am stuck being me. Because mm. I didn't... I, you know what I mean? Like The sooner we can all come to that realization... You're stuck... Like, I, there's, the things I like and the things so I am are two different things. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I, I like yeah. Aerosmith. I'm not Steven Tyler. Like, I... But I, but yeah. when I was growing... When I was uh, out drinking and, like, I, that's like, yeah. I... You know... I would want to become these things that I wasn't. You, yeah. You're just stuck being you. But as soon as you make that, you know, once you get... So it takes a long time to fucking be like, okay, I'm Right. I'm you, see Anthony, you, you see Anthony Jessel on that, and you go, I should just be meaner. You know what I mean? Or cocky. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? He just got that mean, yeah. cocky thing, and you go, Yeah, oh, I, I just saw that. I just saw it, him in New York. Yeah. yeah, when he makes it work, yeah. it's... Yeah, you yeah. go, ah, oh, I got it. You know what I mean? Like, it, that seems like that's the right thing to do. Or then you right. see Zach, and I go, I gotta get a beard and a piano. <laughs> I know. And then just be really, uh, you know, and write jokes. Zach wrote jokes. Yeah. He was always writing jokes, yeah. constantly writing jokes. I watched uh, Kings of Comedy. I ended up with a bunch of crazy suits. <laughs> <laughs> I like the Kings of Comedy. That I love great. watching that. I love the Kings of Comedy. And, and, uh, well, were those uh, the black dudes? <laughs> correct. That is okay. correct. Those gentlemen That's how I... are... Well, now, Greg, I just want to ask you this very briefly about jokes, because and you, you might not remember this, but... I actually featured for Greg many, many years ago on yeah, the road. That's right. Probably 10 years ago yep. at this point. Florida? In Florida. The club was called Uncle Funnies, I believe. Yep. And, um, oh, it's a great name. <laughs> well, you just immediately know that he's a little bit distant from you, but he's also very funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he's in the banquet room at a hotel. But Greg did something very uh. Greg did something very cool, which was when we were there, he was like, let's both try to do a joke. Because it was like the road in Florida. He was like, let's yep. both try to do a joke that we think is not going to work here that works for us back home. Uh, I guess you were probably living in Los Angeles that time. Mm-hmm. I was oh, just kind of testing. Yeah. And so at least yeah. one, you Challenging know, I yourself. would laugh at his joke. He would laugh at my joke. Maybe nobody else would. <laughs> and it was like a really cool thing to do. But do you remember your joke that you did? I don't remember mine, but I remember a little bit about yours is that it was about transvestites. Do you remember that joke at all? Uh... Was it? It wasn't the Spider-Man joke, was it? No, no, no. Ah, <laughs> I love comics. I was it the Spider-Man? No, do you remember? I, I don't you, remember anything more than that. I do remember because Spider-Man is type a type of transvestite. I, well, you know? I used to have a joke about if I used to, my first jokes, and I think I told this the first night I was up. Was uh, if you come down the street and you see a guy who has one leg up against the wall, that's a male prostitute. That's how they solicit. They lay against the wall right. and they put one leg up to say, "Hey, I'm re- I'm open." And if you see come down the street and see a guy who has both legs up against the wall, that's Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was genius. Like that's, but that's my idea of a joke, right? And, and uh, I like it. I uh, but I get too distanced from jokes because I know they're fake when I'm telling them, mm. and I don't. I I can. You know, now that doesn't mean that I won't add a joke to a story that I've written or a right. thing that's happened. But my my stuff's all experiential, and so 
Um, I do remember, here's what I remember about that. Here's what's interesting about comics, real comics, is that we, there was another guy on the bill, and we didn't hang out with him because you and I sensed that each other were real comics. Yes. And that although the other guy was super nice, you're like, not he's not comic. one of us. There is a one of us. You mm -hmm. can see a one of us yeah. from across the room, and it has nothing to do with alternative or... Uh, mainstream or anything, it's like you're it a comic and I'm a comic. Damage. And, yeah, there's, but there's also, <laughs> I just think it's like that lifer thing. It's like, yes. you know, you're going to do this. This guy's going to stay and work mm. at the TV station and never mm. do anything else. Or he's like that. But you're you're going to try. You're going to go to Los Angeles. You're going to take every gig that you possibly can. You're going to go anywhere you can do anytime yep. for $25, not get the $25 and go home. And then we went to see the movie Triple X and we lost your car in the parking lot at the mall. Yes. And the guy picked us up in the thing and drove <laughs> us around in the, in the, in the little car. God, I lose car. my car all the time like that. I remember Triple X. We thought X. the car was stolen because you, right. you had rented like a nice Mustang or I had something. A Mustang. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I rented a Mustang. Headliners get a Mustang. Nice. What are we Headliners doing? get a Mustang. Yeah, it's got a six-cylinder, but we're going to do convertible? it. And we were positive that the car was stolen. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was one of those huge, huge malls with parking all the way right. around. And yeah. we were like, yeah, the car's been stolen. What color Guy Mustang was like, probably we not. about? I think it was red. I think it might have been triple nice. X. red. Ooh. Triple X sounds like a pretty hardcore movie <laughs> for you guys to be checking out. Yeah, that's funny. You we guys did. are watching Triple X. Yeah, we just went to we we went to a porn place. We said, "What is Triple X? Which ones? Which we one is all three X's? Yeah. Whatever they are. We don't care what it is. Excuse me, is there anal? <laughs> I'm headlining. <laughs> well, Amber, what about you? What was the first time like for you? Um. It was yesterday. No, um, <laughs> I I talked about it briefly on the podcast before, but my I have always I always wanted to do stand up. It was a dream of mine, but I was freaked out. You know, like you put it on a pedestal, and um, I live right next to Haha's ha Cafe in North Hollywood. Oh my god! And they had an advertisement up for a stand up competition, mm. and it was a total like. Um, Bringer show. Well, like it was a con. Yeah, you had to yeah. pay twenty five dollars to even get in. Mm -hmm. um, but my friends, like... Are there shows where you don't have to do that? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I haven't gotten that far yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> my, uh, my friends pooled all their money and submitted me for the competition. So, like, I had the to do The $25 fee was uh -huh. pooled among friends? Yeah. Okay. yeah. And, uh, nice. and, uh, it's like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> not not familiar sweet. with it. It only costs 500 to get on Conan now. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. <laughs> that would be funny <laughs> yeah. if you could... <laughs> well, you have your numbers aren't great over there. They're on a cable network. They could just use a bump. You could use the exposure. It's you know, it's, it's, a, it's sort of a win-win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah um, they got to pay the band. That's a big band. <laughs> and I had a bunch of friends there. I think I even had coworkers at the time, which was bizarre. Futureland. You should yeah. always be surrounded by friends in your first stand-up show. <laughs> and mm -hmm. it it went pretty well. It was one of those. Um, I was like strangely calm before because I. I've done mm. theater my whole life and dance, and I I'm chronically nervous before shows. Mm. Like I was a pain oh, yeah? as a child. Yeah, like a I, what child? I was a pain, like because I would act out because oh, I would okay. get so nervous. Um, but I was like oddly zen and calm, and it mm. kind of creeped everyone out. And I went up there, and it it went fairly well, and I got second place. <laughs> <laughs> First place is the owner. And again, the owner, how Bob much, Stevens. How much she got you, a set of steak knives. Yeah, how much of your $25 did you get back? <laughs> None. <laughs> Zero. Comedy competitions. And like all that my are really friends funny. had to buy drinks and all uh, that. So well, Stand Up New York, who was the, what's the club that kept doing, I think it was Stand Up New York, uh, the funniest teacher, the funniest architect. Oh, dude, oh, I could be the funniest cop. I'm not kidding. Funniest cop, I fireman. competed because I was. I, I, you Carrie were a Hoffman was the owner of Stand Up New York. He was oh, my manager, 
and he would try to get me spots there. But so, it was always so, like the funniest this, the funniest that. I have that. some very bad news. So I did a competition there. I performed on the funniest rabbi competition. No, you didn't. Hosted by Freddie Roman. Old school yeah. Catskills comic. I yeah. love Freddie Roman. And I came off stage. And, you know, everybody else in the show was a rabbi who had brought a bunch of their <laughs> rabbi friends. And then there was me. <laughs> Did you try to play to the audience? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, I was like, good evening, everybody. <laughs> Great I would have voted for you right there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. I just did my act. Right. And then oh, you didn't yeah, do that. I came off stage and, and Freddie Roman was like, he said something about how I was the only uncircumcised male in the room or something oh like that. Oh, my <laughs> God. Nice. Um, nice. And I won. Did no, you, you didn't. No. <laughs> I entered myself funniest microbiologist. They had funniest microbiologist. Unbelievable. <laughs> no, I'm just going to stare at you. I'm going to stare at you for a while. That was a joke. That was a joke. What was your first time doing stand-up like? My first time, I was very nurtured. Um, it was <laughs> my friends uh, who started a poetry series in Staten Island. And uh, it was called the Harbor Series because we were right by Manhattan. And by the was, Harbor. Y- yes, right by New York Harbor. <laughs> and a bunch of poets. I, I had gone to college with them, and I, I was always so fucking funny, you know, but I had never <laughs> done it. Yeah. And, and I get it. I get it. That is funny to say, but it I is. had never done that it. I want to see in your documentary. But yeah. I had never. Just you or, very earnestly saying, I was always uh, so fucking yeah. funny. Or, or no, today on the podcast, even that'd be good. <laughs> you, bring, you bring that, huh? How about that? Welcome to the roast. <laughs> Always, I, I, always, I, I, always. I'd be there and I would be funny. Just <laughs> never, funny, it's, funny, it's, funny. It's, when you have a gift, <laughs> like I have a gift, and you have to understand, I've always been hilariously oh funny. No, but but you know what's weird? Here's what's weird. And I want to yeah. start my story. Almost every comic you know is loath to say that they are funny, really. <laughs> Which is so fucked up because that's what you are. That's the one that's right. thing you have. That's, that's right. I mean, like, Literally, go, you the I've embraced that now. Yeah, but it's true. You have to. I mean, there's nothing wrong with saying you're funny. You're not. But it's, it seems like such a brag because then it's like the next thing is show me. And oh, yeah. you absolutely cannot show a person in that environment they've just created for you. That's right. It does that's not right, work. Right, and that's right. why competitions are hard. It doesn't work in the show me. Well, Thing. I don't believe comedy in a is competition a, is a left for art hook. at all. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's when you're not expecting Comedy it, is a left hook, and that's why I think this whole fucking show, Last Comic Standing, is a nightmare. <laughs> no, do you, yes. I, I don't mean to go into there like I'd host the it in a heartbeat, but yes. But <laughs> Daddy needs if to you're work. listening, Dave Becky, or I don't yeah, know right, who produces it at yeah, this yeah. point. Yeah, no, I no, agree No, setting you. up competitions like, we... I mean, it used to fuck with me, because I was on two fucking seasons of that shit, and it'd be like... We now have a competition. This first comic is going to try to be funny. It well, and it'd be like at eight o'clock at, in the at, morning at and the stuff, word right? Go. Here's where here's where I think you could do it if you if you broke it into the if you broke it into the styles of comedy. Like if, like I would love to watch something like a joke writing competition. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see what they something similar to what happens on that roast. Like I'd love to see the best joke writers in the world get up and tell jokes because that is a very specific yeah. skill set. Mm-hmm. And it's a very, like, you can actually judge it and go, oh, that was a great joke. That's not a great joke. But you can't judge all of comedy. Right. If one guy comes out and tells stories so and another subjective. guy comes out and does songs and somebody right. else comes out and plays a piano and then somebody else comes out and tells dirty yeah. jokes, like, how well, you can, can you even You can decide? judge it, but you're judging it for yourself, right. not right. objectively. Right. Everybody right. has right. their own taste. Right. But joke writing as a skill set would be an interesting, mm-hmm. I, I think that would be interesting if you had your Amy Schumer's and your... 
you know, whatever, those those roast type people, you know. Oh, I yeah. was always funny. So always. fucking funny. Oh, so funny. <laughs> Spring funny, fall no, funny, winter funny. Some, yeah. Occasionally summer solstice, I was a little bit off. <laughs> always. But that had to do with the planetary alignment. So that's why I hung out with poets. <laughs> Notoriously yes. unfunny. No, that's a great fucking <laughs> right. That's a great juxtaposition. But what I meant was that, and I think this is a big jump jump for comics, is that mm. you're funny around your friends. Right. You're funny around your friends, but the jump from being funny with your family, funny with your friends, it's totally to different. funny in front of an audience is a huge, huge fucking jump. Yeah, and yeah, a yeah. lot of people drop out immediately because they bomb. On their first couple of sets, and I, I think it was what you were talking about before—the lifers, the difference between the lifers and the people who can do it. Yep. But um, it was set up. I was Life hanging out. No, I mean only murderers and comics can be lifers. <laughs> <laughs> but it's. I, I wonder if I had bombed the first time, if I'd have come back. If I'd have been exactly. Mel, I don't think I'd have come exactly. back. Exactly. But the fact that, like, if I got uh, third the, place, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, if you got in third place, you'd have never come back. And if you'd have paid fifty dollars, <laughs> if you'd had to pay fifty dollars as opposed to twenty-five. I mean, I do think like that sets the tone, and then you go, "Can I do this?" You know what I mean? Yeah. But just having a taste of it, and knowing that I wanted yeah. it, and knowing that I wasn't going to get it in the shape of uh, an acting career, possibly, or I mean, no. my modeling career had gone to shit because <laughs> um, I don't have the face or the body for it. But I, God, I have the I have the energy, and I love clothes. Uh, and you know, I love real to be people photographed. models are coming back. What's that? Real, real people, people models <laughs> uh, that I'm in. Uh, we're all in. Let's do it. We're all in. <laughs> I'm even out there. So you did the you did the stand up at. Uh... So anyway, they For set poet. up they set up their own uh, show, and it was in the some, Harbor Show. Yeah, the Harbor Series show, <laughs> and it was poets, and that is funny because they were. Mm. By the way, they <laughs> yeah, you would hear that. You would hear the ferry. It was the ferry. And, um, Staten Island Ferry? No, just the guy. Ferry. <laughs> Yay, Eddie! <laughs> no, I love no, no, poems. That's the ferry. The last person would wow. be like, "Welcome to stereotypes." <laughs> the last, the last poet would their last poem would be something like, "And the apple never falls far from the tree, and the apple never <laughs> falls <laughs> far from the." Tree. And then you're like, you fuckers ready to laugh? <laughs> yes, you fuckers. <laughs> all right. And 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 all these people knew me and I went and, and it was a nurtured environment and I went up and I was really nervous. I used to throw up before my first couple of gigs that I used to do. Did you I really? So Oh my god. Ner- and I remember throwing up before gigs going why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? If yeah. this is, if this, I was really, I would That's be throwing up, going, hold I'd it. I make myself throw up before gigs. <laughs> just just because to be skinny. Yeah. You're a believer. <laughs> Why did I eat those banana walnut pancakes? <laughs> it's the great specialty. Yeah. I do it because I want the host to taste it when I kiss him. <laughs> I usually do. A, I usually do. I usually do an open mouth kiss to most of the hosts. <laughs> He's, He's a headliner. You gotta let him open mouth kiss He's you. He's gonna Margaret. fucking kiss you, dude. I, I don't know his parents' thing. It's so fucking weird. He's not, he gets pretty, a red right? Mustang and a French kiss. <laughs> he gets a red. You know that, and you know that. Know that. That's why we're friends. He's also horny because he just saw Triple X. <laughs> so just let him open mouth kiss you. <laughs> It'll be all right. He'll have a good set. He tells stories. He tells stories, and then he can't find his fucking car. So just <laughs> let him do whatever the fuck he wants. But anyway, so uh, I went up, and uh, people started laughing. And like Greg was talking about, I just felt like, 
this is what I do. Right. This is what I fucking do. And I really believe that the first time you do it, I think it has to go kind of well. Uh, or you're fucking whining. Now, when was that that you did this poetry series? Jesus Christ, I don't remember. I, I swear to God. Pre-Chicago City Limits. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know. Well, it was back when people went to go see poetry. 20? I was 20 So before old. television. 1800? Was but I then, 20? But, but then you stopped. I did stop. I did stop. Um, I, yeah, that's an interesting thing. I don't know if this explodes my whole argument about it, but <laughs> I started then. You got paroled. <laughs> <laughs> I started doing uh, sketch comedy, improv comedy, and it took me a while to find my way back to stand-up because the ups and downs of stand-up, when the first few years, rough. You don't Very get, rough. You don't get anything from it. There's you no, don't get no money like for you, damn if, sure. If you put together a band, you can pretty quickly start playing in a club and feel like you're actually doing it with stand-up. You do a lot of empty places oh, and you the do open it for no mics. money and there's no... It you got to me, yeah. yeah. It takes a while. I mean, you really, have to, you really have to want it. But there is that thing of like when you're locked into it, you go... Oh, this is where, like, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not a religious person, but I'm slightly spiritual. But I just go, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. It just feels right. like it. This is like right. one of the things that, like, you just have those moments. There, this was moments where you know you're doing the right thing. I, uh, I just read this the article where Brad Pitt broke down every single movie he's made, and he was very candid about all of them. And he was like, "We just, oh, yeah, knew. I just read that." And he goes, "There were like two movies." He goes, "I just knew as I was doing it. I think it was Thelma and Louise and Seven. He goes, "I just knew this is what this is what I do. This is this is right. These are all the right things." And he goes, "And then you just you're constantly looking for that. That's what you're looking for as a stand-up or any artist. You're looking for that." Right. Oh, this feels right. And it right. comes and it goes. It comes and goes. But stand the, the only when it thing goes, that felt like man. that. The bitch is when yeah. it goes. Yeah. Mine went in the gas lamp district this past. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> well, I didn't have a good show, you right. know, in San Diego. And I just felt like. But now, did you feel like, what the fuck am I doing? What do you mean? After that show. Yeah. You did. Of course. Mm-hmm. I was like, what the fuck? Uh, you know, I, in my head, I start and I start doing a number on myself like, oh, I'm only good in New York and L.A. I'm not good. Because I like, I like Greg's approach. Which is? That he was talking about before, which seems to be oh, analytically yes, going, yes. what was I not doing? What did I do yeah. wrong? Yeah. Because you just Definitely. did that before. You I said, did because I didn't bring I up, up my usual. panicking. Yeah. yeah. You yeah, know, and yeah, I think yeah, that yeah. helps. My buddy Mark Williams, who's a record, big shot record guy, but just comedy is his life. Oh, just, yeah? Yeah, he's, I mean, he signed, he sent the, he. A lot of sent, crossover between music and comedy, right? This guy and you're nice. the perfect right. example. Well, he's a buddy. I met him going to Aspen, but he, he found the very first R.E.M. single, sent it to IRS Records, and they signed R.E.M., and then IRS did not hire him to be a, oh, nice. an A&R guy, but he got hired somewhere else. He eventually signed the Smashing Pumpkins, whatever, blah, blah. R.E.M. But, broke up, so that story's over. <laughs> to say, yeah. Uh, uh, but he followed com- follows comedy like crazy. I think he produced Sarah Silverman's uh, The Jesus Movie. He's right. done a lot of stuff. But so he saw me one night at UCB, and afterward, and it was a bad set. And he, afterwards, he goes, "Why are you so mad at them?" And when oh, you come shit. out, he goes, "You're hostile." He goes, "I," and he goes, "You didn't even know it." No, he goes, "You're just hostile." Like he goes, "It's not fun to watch." Like I don't, I'm like, "Why?" Do, it's like you almost don't want to be doing stand up, or you're mad at them before you've even had a result. Interesting. And so I try to remember that when I go there to just like. And so the other night I did, the, I had a set there, and I was just like, started off slow. You know, and I just like built to it. And what was interesting was the stuff that they liked the most was the stuff about my kids, which I was like loath to put in. But I yeah, just had this experience yeah. with my daughter. She's not a bright girl. And so <laughs> I talk about that and they it killed. And I was like, I don't understand. So I don't know anything. All right. I know is it's not about them. It's about me. And it's what I'm bringing to it. And it's what. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? So yeah. it's when you do that, but I do that too. Oh, I'm only good and I can only do the yeah. coasts. Yes. And then, and then yes. you and then you do your podcast and you find out that half the fans you have are in the Midwest. So you yes. don't know who needs something like that, but they don't know where to find it. It's also sometimes your audience doesn't know how to find you and mm -hmm. you don't know how to find them. Marin talked about that for a long time. It's like you can go a lot of places, but it, unless you have a venue like television, like a TV show, it's yeah. hard for lots of people to find you. I've had people stumble. My thing is on Netflix now, my last special, which Comedy Central buried. They bought it and they buried, buried it and it. never played it. What'd you call it? Uh, it was called That Guy From That Thing. And now it's on Netflix, and people are writing me every day and going, I didn't even know you did stand-up. Holy so fuck. You just don't know. I feel like the name of that special could be a great way to lead into, like, a who's on first routine, you know? Right. Somebody goes, <laughs> did you see that guy from that thing? No, what, what guy? You? What thing are you talking about? No, no, the guy from the thing. <laughs> no, no, no. You're going to have to be more specific. Margaret, change it. Put on Pardo. Put on Pardo. How do you work this podcast? <laughs> Join us online at thelongshotpodcast.com. Yeah, as soon as they make the podcast switcher, we're done. <laughs> right now, you're stuck. You're on this podcast, and you're riding this baby. You're in your car. You got it. You can't dial it down. You're at your desk. Stay here. You love these guys. Thomas Edison owns the patent for the podcast. <laughs> I was really invented by Tesla. <laughs> yeah. The band. Uh, all right. Well, Jamie, what about you? Yeah. The first time you did stand-up. You, you've done stand-up. I have done stand-up. Okay. Uh, well, I got started in San Francisco as well. Um... But I started doing these, my, my intro to uh, comedy was doing these art, music, comedy shows. at kind of like galleries. what I was doing, like poetry, that kind of thing. No, not at all. But, always um, getting with poets because you'll always be funnier. Mm -hmm. uh, no poets in here. Um, but I would you know, rent out these galleries in San Francisco and do these shows. And so You would rent them out? I'd rent them out. Yeah, you a bunch always of were out. kind of a producer type, You're too. You're industrious. Yes, yeah. you're industrious. And I would get a you know, book, couple of bands. Um, we'd make videos for the show. This is like 10 years ago. And so for me to get my, my start in stand-up was more of an art project. And we're like, let's go to open mics, uh, comedy and music, and we'll do characters, and we'll just make mm. videos, and we'll show them to people. So the first time was at a place called Brainwash in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've been there. Yep. But Brainwash. it's like oh, yeah. a famous Brainwash. place. It's a, yeah. a laundromat slash cafe. Yeah. And um, sure. we went up as a couple of – I went up with my friend Chris, and we were two office workers talking about our day at the job and – so um, hard to be yourself when you first start in that shit. Like, I'm going to be the guy. I'm going to be the window washer. Hello, folks. That's what I would do a lot, too, characters. Yeah, yeah. or you pick a con Like, I was obsessed with Jake Johansson when I started. And, oh, really? And two other comics, uh, Bob Rubin and Jeff Bolt from San Francisco. And they were both almost surrealists. Almost Bob surrealists. Rubin kills and I, me. Right? And so I liked, I was just, I just imitated Jake, kind of. You know, you, yeah. find, you have to find, I mean, I definitely wasn't me, except for, you know what I mean? Like there were versions of me, but you, yeah, you grab onto something because right. you don't know. What you the have fuck. to do something. It's like every band that you know, you play Stone songs, and then your band sounds like the Stones right. until you figure out what it right. is you do. Right. Yeah, so you find you hide in some. Oh yeah. And when when we started, it was like Goldthwait was big and Dice was big and having a character is big. Now Posein doesn't talk about this a lot, but he was called himself the Piranha. Uh, uh, and I was this close to climb, I was this close to climb myself Skull Candy the Impaler. So we were very like in that thing of like having a character and wearing an outfit. And I wore, I only wore short pants and a busted out denim jacket and long johns. Did that now yeah. in one of your shows? I should just do that. Would I should that change my name now. Great? I should see if I can get. I'm going to pay five hundred dollars going Conan and Skull, <laughs> a Skull Candy the Impaler. But the brainwash. So you did all that South of Market stuff. So you didn't start like. See, that's interesting because you started not in a conventional comedy club and you started mm -hmm. not in a conventional comedy club. And I didn't. I started the Holy City Zoo, which was sort of the, if for a conventional comedy club, it was still like for weirdos. It was for weirdos right. and yeah. deadbeats. And they put homeless yeah. guys on like they. Yeah, I heard. They never. It wasn't like doing a set at the improv where you had to have it down tight five, get it so the club owner digs you. It was like 
you can go fuck off and whatever, you know? So what did, what was the character like, Jamie? Yeah, the office. Um, I can't wait to hear this office worker. Oh, uh, it was dumb. I have it on. Well, the funny part about the video is... um, You have it on video? We, we videotaped it. We were going to show this at our shows, but there's a comic now. His name is Moshe Kasher. And yeah. he's sitting right in front of the camera. <laughs> and like like him, like everyone else in the room was like, wait, what is this? Because they're used <laughs> to seeing like a bunch of mostly terrible comedy. These two guys. And part of our joke was that we're this, talking in the first person. Like we're both the same guy and it didn't make sense. <laughs> But you see Moshe just like... A lot, of, a lot of people do talk in the first person. <laughs> Maybe third person? All right. Um, but slowly, <laughs> <Yes>. like, <laughs> we're doing it now. <laughs> That's first person plural. Yeah. yeah. There's also first person singular, which a lot of people... What is the I first person? The what first is first person? person? Yeah. How do you, I, how do, you I do, do that whenever I talk. Oh, okay. Right. Um, about me. I always get lost with vote. Yeah. Persons? But, <laughs> persons. Um, but so much funny. You see Moshe starts start um, catching on to like what's going on on stage and he slowly starts getting it and the audience starts getting it. So it was a good first experience. But what was but going on on stage that he was catching on to? Like, I, I still don't understand what I just guys don't think doing. that anyone was prepared to see even characters at this point. They were just like, who are these guys? And we, they'd never seen us there. And like a lot of open mics, you know, there's like a tight community and a couple of random people show up. They're like, who are these fuckers? And I remember another person, Chelsea Peretti, who's doing comedy now, she was there too. And she literally said like, who are you guys? <laughs> like after the, after the show. She's a doll. Okay. Yeah, but she also talks to just like that too. She sounds but a little bit like a dude. What did you do when you went on stage? <laughs> so I went on stage. Chelsea Peretti was there. Moshe Kasher was, was there. there. Washing machines were there. This is like talking to my oldest daughter. Okay. Explain. <laughs> okay. I, I understand. Can you explain to me what the teacher told you? Because that's what we have to do. Yeah, but, but daddy. There was an apple, and then there was like the world, but there was only part of it that was Africa. Okay, start at the beginning. When he picked the apple up, what happened? So what did you do on stage? So on stage, um, we're just talking about our day at work. It's like, um, um, well, how's everybody doing? Uh, wow. So... We both work in an office, and that means a lot of time working with the copiers, and uh, um, you all know how that works. Uh, sort, sort, staple. Sort, sort, staple, and talking about sorting It'd be and be funny if one guy was like, <laughs> fucking love it, pal. Finally, love somebody's it. saying it. I wrote a song. <laughs> Someone's finally saying it. Um, and I don't know if there was actually any jokes. Um, Sounds like no. It was the anti-joke <laughs> approach. So is that your crew, like Moshe and uh, no. Weinbach and those guys? Is that Ryan Stout? Is that, I know all that, those people. I wouldn't that say that my crew. San, but that's at San Francisco. But yeah, that was right, right around the time they were all coming yeah, up. Because all those guys are really odd. Yeah, like no, really funny. no, but They're like really what funny. you're talking about, you're seeing that group they of people. They were probably inspired by you. Yeah, that oh, was. I, I can mean, only assume, right? But I mean that, but that, but that little they offbeat. Cite you as an influence in their biographies. <laughs> that would be amazing. There's yeah. these two office like, workers. I started doing comedy when I saw Jamie Flam do uh, the office worker character on uh, Brainwash one time. <laughs> well, I actually he was just talking about working in an office, and I just thought. You could say anything on stage. <laughs> I'll never forget. It doesn't staple have to be funny. Staple sort. And I said to myself, I can do this. Life yeah. will never be the same. Well, I remember the first time I actually did stand up actually trying to do jokes. And it was also with the brainwash. And um, here's the one joke I remember saying was, uh, so I see this guy walking around town. And he's got like a, a pair of corduroys on top of his pair of jeans. I was like, Tupac, more like two pants. Go back to the office worker characters. <laughs> staple sort, staple, staple, sort, staple. I'm staple sort. 
Uh, all right. Well, this seems like a good place to take a break. So we will do I'll that say. right now. And we'll be back in a moment with a segment that we like to call Parting Shots. Baby, can you get that? I'm in the middle of making a PowerPoint presentation that compares the plight of the working class with the architectural plans of the summer homes of the rich on the coastline of Newport, Rhode Island, vis-a-vis racism. Baby, honey, sweetie, I'll get it. Not like I'm the breadwinner or anything. What are you? Holy shit. Prince, what are you doing here? Eddie, I really need to talk to you. May I enter? Of course, you sexy motherfucker. Of course. Come in. Come in. Have a seat. Over. Uh, let me just, I'll put this. Let me move these. Here, sit on this organic bean bag. Thank you. Eddie, I have come here to ask you. No, beg you. Please stop calling me out for not talking more about the economy at my shows. But I'm just a comic. What effect does what I say have on you, your majesty? Why, Eddie, I'll never forget February 2nd, 2011. You mean because the groundhog didn't see a shadow that day, meaning spring was right around the corner? You know, Puxatani Phil is wrong over 60% of the time. No, 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 not that. That night, I was at the Palladium in Zanesville, Ohio, about to begin my fifth encore. I was going to do Bat Dance and Manic Monday and then get the hell out of there. Hold it. Manic Monday? Why were you going to cover a Bangles song? Think about it. Because the Bangles didn't write that fucking song you did. Holy shit, you're amazing. And just as I started, ah, I got a live one here. That's when I heard it for the first time. Prince, why aren't you talking about the economy? We're all going to hell in a handbasket. Goddamn right. It threw me so badly I couldn't remember the rest of the song. I covered by playing Betcha by Golly Wow. Betcha by golly, wow, that was recorded by the Stylistics in 71, when you and I were both only 13 years old. How could you possibly have written... No, no, of course not. You recorded a version of their song on Emancipation, the album you put out in 96 right after you got out from under your corporate overlord, Warner Brothers. And ever since that night, every time I do a show, somebody or two people or nine or ten people spends the whole show screaming at me for selling it out and not talking about the economy. It's like... Because of you, nothing I do means anything anymore. Take it easy, your royal badness. <laughs> Sometimes even when I'm just on the bus to go return a library book. I mean, sure, you got a bunch of that frivolous, sexy crap. What? You know, shitty songs like Purple Rain, When Doves Cry, Kiss. Shitty. You got the look as a huge piece of shit. Nothing compares to you, shit. Sign of the times, get off. If I was your girlfriend, pure garbage. Seven? Really? Seven? Go fuck yourself, purple one. And don't even get me started on rave onto the Joy Vantastic. Made me want to shoot myself in the hippocampus with a nail gun. Maybe I should go. On the other hand, your first band was called The Revolution. I'm all in favor of that. We need to rise up. Well, thank you. Everybody knows Little Red Corvette was a warning about the dangers of nuclear proliferation. It really was. And Raspberry Beret, what a prescient clarion call. <laughs> And Raspberry Beret, what a prescient clarion call regarding the dangers of constant concussive blows to the head in football. And hockey, for that matter, Sid Crosby. Oh, no, actually, that was just a love song about a girl. You know what, Prince? The more I think about it, the more I realize I need to get off your back. You are all right in my book. I'm going to stop blaming you for not being more like me and just be comfortable with the fact that you are entitled to share your art with the world in whatever way you see fit. Oh, Eddie, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate... 
What the hell was that, you skinny motherfucker with the high voice? You don't have cats, do you? I'm allergic. Also, I believe they are Satan's familiars. We are back, and it's time for a segment on the show that we like to call Parting Shots. Let's start today with Eddie. Oh. Okay. Oof-da. I just want to say that uh, I've had a whirlwind lately, and uh, I've, had, I've just gotten uh, little gigs, and I want to say that I got hired yesterday to play a hoarder on the show Two Broke Girls, and I think it's very funny um, because uh, I am not going to be seen in this scene. It's like I'm behind newspapers, all kinds of shit, all kinds of um, you know crap Banana that a hoarder stuff that people would keep. Yeah, it just comes all kinds of crap, and and uh, uh, I love that. That all you're gonna see is the top of my head in this episode, and um, so you're a working actor in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> One part at a time, buddy. Just put, let's just not let's not show them all of Eddie. <laughs> Too much for the. It's too much for Part everybody. He's a little pissed off, but what's kind of nice about this is that I get to sit behind a stack of newspapers with my cell phone. You'll probably be tweeting the whole time. I would stop tweeting. I'm live God. tweeting. My God, yes. <laughs> I'm live tweeting. Finally, somebody live tweeting from the set of Two Broke Girls. Oh man, it's 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 been too long. Twitter finally being put to the right use. Yeah, and by the way, I put that up on my Facebook status. Uh, I'm on the set of Two Broke Girls. I'm the hoarder. I think I found my niche. And all these people were like slamming me for being on Two Broke Girls. <laughs> like they were like. Which is, in a way, <laughs> which in a way is hilariously karmic. Yes. Right. Yes, you know? it is for me because I bash all kinds of shit sitcoms. But the, and, and people. Were, and people for and doing And people things. for sure. Yeah. People for sure. And uh, but then people it was it's funny, the Facebook world on your page, like and I just never get involved. Like I just watch different people go, what a piece. How does it feel to be the funniest person on that set? Somebody put Paul Goebel, you know, Paul. Yeah. And then other people are coming to my defense like it's good. Eddie's working. I'm like, just (laughs) I'm just sitting back and reading this shit. It is good that you're working. Yeah. Uh, All right. Let's go next. To me. Ooh. Uh, all right. This is going to sound like an undeveloped stand-up bit, and it basically is, but mm. I was driving Those to Those are do, all my stand-up That's bits. what we're here I for. I was driving to do another podcast the other day, a uh, Bear Down podcast, very funny podcast if you like football. And uh, oh, <laughs> I, I realized that I have this problem constantly in California when I'm driving, which is that I'll be on the highway, and I want to get over and get off the highway. Get over and jerk off? <laughs> Well, like you want to get off that, that yes, but then, but then after I do that, I, I gotta, get back I gotta on jerk the, off. I got a great thought in my head. Oh, I get, I get back. Why on now? The, I get back on the highway then, and I go to and exit I go, the and freeway, I'm, and I'm going to exit the highway, so I can jerk off again. Uh, this bit writes itself, and every time I turn on my directional that I want to get over into the right yes. lane, the car, three car lengths behind me in the right lane suddenly feels that it's necessary to speed up and pass me oh. on the right oh. and not let me get over. And I'm just wondering what it is. And maybe that's not just a California they, they thing. Maybe that's a, a thing challenge. that people do everywhere. But why is it all of a sudden a race as soon as I decide to get into their lane? Because I'm just trying to get off the highway. Dude, there is so much psychosis on the road 
that it is but that unbelievable. Happened. Did you ever have that happen? Yes, of course. Yeah. Of course. So it's not just me imagining things? No, no Well, every no. time I see a turning signal, I speed up. I've you even been asshole. that guy. Just what Amber was saying. I've even been that guy. I've even been that guy who sees that, oh, this guy wants to This guy to thinks he's going to get off at this, this exit. This guy wants to get in front of me now. Well, maybe this guy should have thought about this. Here's my off. thought process. Like, maybe this guy should have thought about this a while ago. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you speed up. Uh, yeah, to keep them from yeah, getting like over. fuck you. You should have thought about that asshole back back no, at La Cienega. If anything, I'm hyper aware. I'll slow down. Yeah, me too. That's what I do. If I see somebody trying to get over, I'll slow down and flash my headlights. Like, and then go when ahead. they don't go over and I slow down, I get kind of upset. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yes. Or, or when they don't give you the wave, when they mm-hmm. don't let you know, like, hey, thanks, bro. Oh, like yeah. I was like, no one does that anymore. I just did. No one does it. I wait. I roll my window down. I roll my window down and wave. Thank you very much. All the time. I do it twice. Thank you. I needed to get over. I was. I yeah. blew it. I blew it. I have. Right. I'm look. I'm buying shoes and I missed the exit. <laughs> but you're gonna let me get over so I can get my <laughs> shoes. I do, so. well, I'd it love to pretend teamwork. I was going to a job, but I don't have one. So. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, this this is gonna work really well when I do it on stage. Tonight. But you're gonna so need all of that. That's my parting shot. That and of course, seventy five cents to Jamie. Oh, every week. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Thank so you. Uh, all right, Amber, what is your parting shot? My parting shot is uh, Greg was talking about like the differences between joke comics and storyteller comics. And I'm basically still finding my voice clearly, but um, I tend to do more just like experiences from my life. And I get um, very jealous of people who just go up there and they say something, punchline, laughter. Because sometimes it's like I'm bearing something quasi-personal you people aren't enjoying it, and it's uncomfortable. But um, I think that <laughs> you just described my career. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, I had this. I had this joke. moment with my friend. <laughs> I'm jealous. <laughs> I had this moment with my friend Matt Ingebretson, who I think you know, Sean. I believe he was in your class. I know class. Matt. Yeah, he's a great joke writer. So far, I think I'm. S- 72 for 74 on knowing people <laughs> that you talk about on the show. Um, he's a great joke writer. That's what he does. And um, we were both at an open mic, and we were both just bummed out. You know, just not a good night. Sitting at the bar, and, and he turns to me. He's like, you ever have one of those days where you write 10 jokes, and you just hate all of them? And I was like, would love to write a joke someday, Matt. Can't wait <laughs> till that happens. So that was just Well, here's capsule. one thing that I think about what you're saying. Which is that you're saying some people tell stories and some people tell jokes. But I think the great storytellers have jokes Mm -hmm. in their stories. Absolutely. Yeah. Because that's what makes those stories work. Absolutely. There's punchlines. But I I think what happens is you're you're in the middle of telling the story to a bunch of people and you realize it needs to be amusing. And so you find the words to put at the end of it to make it. And those are they're solid jokes. I mean, they definitely takes a while to develop that. It's just a weird. Yeah. And it it comes with an energy of telling the story. So, like, I can't sit down and create that. It has to happen to me or I have to be in that moment. Otherwise, I just. So it's it's a process of constantly. Revising, and I think mm-hmm. yeah. the difficulty with that type of 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 writing, writing in quotes because you're not sitting down and writing, is that there's much more of an element of failure to it than people who write jokes off stage and bring them on. Stage. By the way, I also want to say that, and and I know, and I don't mean to offend any comics who just are joke write, great joke writers, and they just do one liners. I get bored with the guy, even even if the one liners are great. Like I used to watch Stephen Wright 
when he first came on, and like his one liners were so fucking funny. But I can't watch Stephen Wright for an hour. I'm just it was like bored. the Ramones. It was like seeing the Ramones. Like after about forty five minutes, you're like, I get, I, I get, I get <laughs> I the get drill, it. and it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. But you shouldn't, but you shouldn't right. go longer than that. Whereas like, yeah, you, you watch Cosby. Yeah. Cosby, oh you're like that guy's doing an hour. I'd rather and see the guys who were talking about their lives and the shit they go through. He takes the one liners. Yeah, he lets his face. He lets his face do the work. Like he uses his whole existence as as a part of the thing. There which is something is, you know, I think way more personal and way more interesting about people who tell stories. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, which isn't to say people can't be great technicians, but that's what it is. It's and that's why we all love Tim Allen. Who's next? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad he's working again finally. Yep. Uh, Greg, what is your parting <laughs> shot? Is it just a shot of Tim Allen? I just no. I actually I don't want to I don't want to take I don't want to take a shot of Tim Allen. That was that was that's unfair and uncharacteristic of me. It just seemed like the right thing to say at the end of the yes, sentence. Definitely, literally like that. That was what, there. It is right there. I'm there taking you notes. go. What's the right word to use here? Tim Allen. Got no problem with him, but I know he's going to get a laugh. Right? Nice guy. One of the nicest one. One of the nicest guys in Hollywood. Yeah, Here's my nice parting guy. shot. If you wrote something to Ed shitty to Ed about fuck you. Fuck you, Twitter <laughs> haters. Fuck you if your whole if your whole Twitter feed is, is shitting on stuff and, and and not even in a funny way. Because god damn it, what the fuck have you done? I seriously, I hate this era of hating. It's so wow. it's so annoying that literally it's almost a thing where you go. I enjoy the internet. I believe in the new Me media. Too. I've made some friends. It's helped my career. It's pretty cool. But shitting on people is so fucking easy. And if you're doing that, it doesn't end well for you. I'm telling you. If you're a guy who sits at home and shits on people, you're like somehow you end up in a ball of cancer. I'm not kidding you. I can't stand that. You you're working. You're a fucking you've been doing this for a long time. You have an interesting and exciting career. You don't you you can't. You're you Ed cannot take the easy way out in this career. You are exactly who you are. And anybody who lifer. shits on and fuck two broke girls, man. Fucking Whitney, he, Whitney fucking Cummings wrote that other show while she was fucking on the road writing another show. Like shit on her all you want. She wrote two fucking shows. Where's your show? Where's your right. fucking effort? It's being produced by Michael Patrick King. There's good people in it. Like fucking. I actually have a pilot. I'd like you to look at. <laughs> I will look at. I, I really do. My whole thing is yeah, like, go the, out and do something yourself. The, dummy. The snark is easy. Once you learn the formula for it, it's so Hallelujah, easy to shit on things. Back, it's yeah. so easy to shit on things. So fuck what was you haters. <laughs> yeah. That's my parting shot. Fuck you. Nice that was a good one. Shot. Yeah, I like that one a lot. Mm-hmm. Nice parting shot. I like that one a lot. All right, Jamie. Um, well, my first parting shot is um, I've been doing comedy for 10 years. And um, what you were talking about earlier with, with Brad Pitt and how you just find what you want to do. And I found it last night. And it's the Spanglers, which is the show I do. Um, it's a husband and wife team and we sing songs and we had so much fucking fun last night. And so it's taken 10 years and that's just like, and that's, I've done stand up a hundred times, but I've always done it at a home theater. I've always so run 10 a times a year, well, roughly, <laughs> <laughs> roughly 10 times a year. So you're not totally committed. I'm not totally committed, but, um, a couple months off. Yeah. no, but it's taken 10 I'd years. I shit on you right now, to, but to Baron just made a great point. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. So anyway, I mean, just for me personally, to to be ten years into a career and then finally find what it is, and you guys need to come. Oh yeah, yeah. I thought about that last night because I called you just before you were going on. That's true. (laughs) Just before you were gonna have a life changing moment, I called Jamie. Like, like, what are you up to? No, I was like, are we meeting at ten or eleven? It was like, we're meeting at ten. So what? What is it? So it's a it's a songs. You guys. We we had a country band, full country band, and. Original we, songs? Original songs. That's the best. And we, it was a variety show last night. So we had a, a magician. We had Ian Edwards doing a stand-up. And, nice. Um, a couple of characters. And then we sit on stage the whole time and interact with the audience and with the people on stage. It was fun. Now, the second part of my parting shot is for you. Greg, do you have 
Couple every of guess, words. Every guest gets this. Yeah, by this the way. isn't this isn't an attack. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Did it sound? <laughs> what the fuck is the matter with that? <laughs> what what was? I, yeah. Did I look like I was about to attack? <laughs> no. Oh, um, if you could uh, impart some words of uh, some insights of knowledge. Um, <laughs> I think he just did, some, though. I, think I know you really did. parting shot was I think brilliant. Has, I think he has more than that, though. All right. He probably Any other sort of wisdom? Greg is um, a spiritual guy. That you can impart to, our, to me, to us here at the table, to our listeners, about anything. About anything? Yeah. Just uh, some it's very life. broad. It's very broad. Yeah. It's big. It's, it's, it's a, very it's big. big. It's a big question. Most people fold. Uh, <laughs> you know, philosophically, I always, I, I feel like... Um, I feel like the people who listen to podcasts are looking for they're listen, they're actually looking for the reason they listen to these comedy podcasts. Part of the reason, part of the part of the appeal of Mark Maron's show, part of the appeal of a lot of the shows is they're looking for a little fucking permission. There's a lot of comedy people looking for permission to go forward and do your thing. If you're listening to this and you have some fucking dream, don't fucking waste your time. Do it and go fucking fail at it and fail at it for a while. Just fucking just just do it because this shit ends quick. Like when you, I'm just I'm fucking 48 this year. And you 52, go, I'm 52. Right? I and have early like, dementia already. When you get there, man, and I know you're shouting back down the hill, you're like, there's not that much left. You know, there's only so much time, and you don't, and you, you just, you got to fucking just jump out and try shit. And you can't know that you're going to like playing in a country band with your wife until you start <laughs> doing something first. Sure. Whether it's stand up. You got to find your wife. You got to fucking get a girl. The, together. Tough, part, the tough part about what you you're talking force about, her that, though, is having music. the courage to fail. <laughs> A lot of people get discouraged. Everybody with that shit. fails, man. I'm telling you, read this Brad Pitt thing about how he hates Legends of Fall, how horrible he was. He said, I wasn't a good enough actor to even be, and uh, River runs through it. Wow. He goes, I just wasn't good enough. I didn't have the chops. No, but I, I didn't think know. There's a myth. I think there's a myth about success. I think there's a myth. A lot of people like to propagate their own myth, and they like to make you feel like they're more talented than they are, when really all of this shit is just made up. Like <laughs> You're just making shit up. You're making thing. shit up, and nobody, like, no one wrote it. Like, you look at scripts sometimes, and you think, oh, my God, Aaron Sorkin's a genius. That script was shitty when he started. I guarantee you it wasn't. You know, it's the going back and the tweaking, but you just have to spit it out. You just got to spit it out. Spit it. it out. Love Perfectionism it. defeats so many fucking people. Like if they they go get to... off my back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't know I was this talking. No, people like the bro- <laughs> people like the broken thing. They like the weird thing. They don't want you to be like everybody else. That's the thing. It's like if you go out and try and do what Zach Galifianakis is doing, he's already done it. He owns it. He owns that right. piece of property. It's not yours. Can't have it or any version of it. So do the thing that makes you right. tick. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, that was mm-hmm. great. That was great. Greg's Greg, we want to thank you for being thank here. You. Your thank podcast, you. Walking Great the job. Room. It's fun. My podcast, Super Walking fun. the Room with Dave Anthony. Walking yes. the Room.com. You can find it. And it's on iTunes, I'm yep, assuming. Yep, on iTunes, yep. Um, and it's a funny podcast. I've listened to it. It's nuts. You can find our <laughs> podcast on iTunes. Very soon, we will have season one available for purchase. We've been saying for that for a price some time. indetermined yet. Undetermined, indeterminate, an indeterminate <laughs> price. Mm-hmm. And at a location it. We're not good on specifics. So far, undetermined. <laughs> yeah. the steps have been taken. It's not saying in vain. I feel like season one is in witness protection right now. It's known as season three. <laughs> it's very close to its original name. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, this has been another episode of The Long Shot. Thank you, Greg Barrett. Thank you, everybody, thank for you, listening. Thank you, thank you. Follow yeah. us on Twitter at Longshot Podcast. Go to thelongshotpodcast.com. Comments. Yes, we would love your comments, and uh, we'll see you soon. Bye.
For past and future episodes of the Longshot Podcast, join us online at thelongshotpodcast.com. <laughs>